0: So if you've got your Bible, you can turn to Daniel chapter 6 and uh, just kind of touch on context of what we talked about last week. We uh, studied Daniel 5 and the writing on the wall, and uh, so you have this major overthrow and and everything once again in the life of Daniel. And as we get into Daniel 6, it's important to remember that Daniel is probably in his 80s at this time. you know, and i don't I don't know that necessarily we as human beings ever enjoy change uh but I can imagine that as we get older, that doesn't get any easier and uh but it seems like that's what's going on in Daniel's life over and over again that and I think that it's a lesson to him, obviously he gets it, and I think it's a lesson to us that things are ever changing, and certainly at this point uh in our life and what's going on we we know that and and getting a heavy dose of that lesson right now. I think that you think about 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 8 through 9 where it talks about Peter talks that the devil is going about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and you know it's kind of interesting that that we can just as we can make ourselves available for the spirit we can also make ourselves available for this roaring lion. You know I think about when when uh, you know you you watch Shark Week and what do they do to get the sharks to come near the boat? They throw the blood, the chum out in the water, and it brings these sharks up. and And we can do the same thing with Satan. You know, we can we can let him have a foothold, as as we may see in other scriptures. And we can make ourselves more and more available for what's going on. I think that in Daniel six we see once again maybe the word of the week is consistency. Is consistency. In Second Timothy chapter three, verses twelve through fifteen, Paul tells this minister that you are going to be persecuted. You are going to to suffer for the cause of Christ, because as Jesus told us, you know, he's going to suffer. They hated him, so we shouldn't be shocked when there's going to be difficulties for us. And, and so in verse three of Daniel six, we see once again that Daniel, through wisdom of God, climbs the ladder of success, we might say, and, and obviously temporary success. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers because of Daniel's great ability. The king made plans to place him over the entire empire. And of course, you can imagine that that doesn't set well uh, because, you know, as kingdoms come and go, I'm sure there were people who had been in the king's back pocket for a much longer period of time and here comes this guy who's not even of their na- nationality uh who's been a slave per se to all these other and here he is and he's going to be put in charge and what this reads like is second command over the entire empire and what do they start looking at his life and i think that this is something that should be a goal for all of us, right? That that when people look at our lives, they can't really find any issue except with our belief in God. And and what we begin to realize is that our very lives are foundational. Our foundation of life is the Word of God. And so you look at verse 5, and it says, So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. And I'm, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. If you look at history, the Persians were people who were consumed about laws. In fact, uh, you know we, we oftentimes joke, and, and obviously Phil's got a lot more in this than that I do, studying government and how it moves and how it's supposed to work. And it's known through history that the Persians loved bureaucracy so much that eventually it caused life to go to a grinding halt. And so... This is just kind of a a wink and nod to that, that, you know, the only way we can figure out a way to bring this guy down is we got to make some kind of rule regarding his belief system and and see if he'll bend. But notice that they even know this guy's already made a decision. And I think that that's something that we have to understand that, you know, when it comes down to to where God is in our life, and obviously we have a school and, and we believe in that foundation that these decisions are made a long time ago. You know, Daniel in his 80s made a decision a long time ago to put more stock in what God says. And as we've seen throughout his life, these governments come and go. And they fall, they rise, they fall, they rise, they fall, they rise. But the one thing that remains the same, as the Scripture says, is the Word of God. And so we jump down to verses 12 through 14, and, and we look here, And it says, so they went straight to the king and reminded him about the law. So they have this law passed that you can't worship, you can't do anything to any other god than the god of the Persians. And what happens? Daniel immediately goes out and he prays, right? He He goes to the norm, the thing that he's going to do regardless of circumstance, regardless of situation. And he goes to the one being who's got him through it all. Right? We all come and go. I don't know what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are doing right now. Uh, I'm not saying that they're not committed, that they're not doing, but they're out of the picture. We don't see them for whatever reason, whether they've passed on from this life or not. It, it doesn't change. He, he goes right back, and he begins to pray, and they knew it, right? They knew where to look. You know, It wasn't like, oh, no, Daniels. They knew where to look to find Daniel doing what he's not supposed to be doing. And so they told the king, that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you. Notice, ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. And, you know, it's rooted in the idea that I don't want to look bad. I don't know how many of you have done this, but I can speak from being a dad where I make a hard, fast rule, and it's not too long till I realize what a boneheaded rule, because now who gets to enforce it? I do, right? And it's like, well, you know, do I question my own authority, or do I just be stubborn about it? you know, And then that's always a difficult decision. And uh, I like how he scrambles. I mean this is the king. this is the the emperor of the largest empire in the world. And he's trying to find a way to save Daniel and get him out of this predicament. And I think that speaks a lot to Daniel that he's not angry. He's deeply troubled. He does not want this to happen to Daniel. And I think there's a difference between, you know, we've seen it in Nebuchadnezzar come to to love Daniel and appreciate Daniel. We saw in the previous chapter that, you know, Daniel's good and all, but they really had forgotten about him. cost that guy his life. And here we have a guy who... Is concerned. He wants to save Daniel, but he's so blind to the obvious answer of, "Hey, if I love him enough, it's okay to admit that it was a dumb raw, law and I should revoke it." You know, but he made the claim. It's got that's got to be enforced, and so we see that there's this care, right? And, and so we know how the the story goes. He's thrown in the lion's den, and we get to verse 19. It says, very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. And when I read this story, I think of how many times that I've been concerned enough or, you know, consumed enough with something that it was on my, the first thought I had when I got out of bed. You know, and and I see the consistency of Daniel and I see the goal of what I should be. Right, we should be, we should have been doing. I should have been doing things prior, leading up to this whole issue that we've got going on now, to prepare myself for it. Right, I think about Jesus when he comes down off the Mount of Transfiguration. I keep going back to this, where the disciples can't cast this demon out, and and Jesus casts it out. They come to Jesus and go, "Why could we not do this?" And he says, "This." Demon, this predicament, this situation takes prayer and fasting. All things that needed to be done and needed to be a part of our spiritual walk prior to the circumstance and the issue that we're in. Now, we have a good God who listens to us even when we put that off. But how more impactful is it if it's something that we do every single day to where when this law is decreed, there's no decision that has to be made. Daniel almost automatically, his response is to get on his knees and to pray to the one true God. And so notice at the very earliest hour, the king comes to check on Daniel. And I think we've probably, if we've lived long enough, we've all had one of those nights, and I've had many, where you just roll around all night, hoping and praying uh, that whatever the outcome is, it's a good one, right? And so he runs. And then verse 20, notice that this king, what he says about Daniel's God. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Notice the living God in comparison to the wooden, unmoving idols, the things that could not save him this king himself could not save him out of his own stubbornness and these men who wanted him to die could not touch him so notice that daniel saved from several different issues here right he's saved from these men he's saved from the mouths of the lions he's saved from this king's own stubbornness because because god is the only one who can overcome all of these Notice the change in the message that that this king sends out, verses 26 through 27. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth, he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. And so, you know, that last verse is probably the last least shocking of all the verses, right? Because we've seen this story over and over and over again. But I guess my point this morning as we wrap up the thoughts uh, is, is this. There are going to be times where we face lions. There are going to be times where we face circumstances that we don't have control of. And there's going to be times where we face people who just don't like us. Jesus said, they hated me, they're going to hate you. And we may not ever understand why that case, why that works, and how that works, and how people come to that point. But we are promised there are going to be struggles like there in 2 Timothy chapter 3. But understanding that, knowing that, much like the wise man and the foolish man who both built houses who both had storms coming to life, one built their house on the rock. And so as I think about the illustration of, you know, uh, Daniel, from a spiritual standpoint, was not thrown into a lion's den with a lot of blood and enticing uh, flavors. You know, he had prepared himself for this situation, even though I'm sure there's no way that he would have known this specific circumstance was coming, much like the coronavirus, although we had several months of warning We never thought that it would get to this point. But those of us who have that thought to give it to God, to go to Him every single day, regardless of what the circumstance may be, we as Christians are to be better prepared for this, just simply put, and understand that, yes, there are going to be difficulties, and, yes, admitting. You know, think about Josh talking about, hey, I'm struggling with this. What an amazing testimony, right? I mean, the tendency is we want to put on a really good facade. Oh, I'm fine. I'm great. And and that's not what Scripture teaches. Scripture teaches us to be vulnerable, to admit that we need help. Because without God, you know, I've said it a thousand times probably the last few years, we need to admit that it's impossible for us. But that's the first step in admitting that all things are possible to God. And so as we continue in this situation and this struggle and things that are going on, let's, let's do our best to not add any enticement uh, to the lion that seeks out and understand that we have a lion on our side as well, the lion who has victory, the lion who's going to see us through this, the lion who has beaten every adversary and everything that the world's ever thrown at it by raising from the dead. We have that same power uh, in us.